This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Starting off the week well. We got you covered. Got a great show planned, but we always do. We're going to be talking about how to flirt. It's how we're going to open the show. God bless it. I'm telling you, I, I never get tired of talking about this stuff. Um, but before we get into anything, DMs, always open. So we're going to glide on into them, courtesy of Astroglide later. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. So flirting, bum, 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 bum. Listen, y'all, it is 2021. We are pushing on the boundaries of gender, right? We are no longer making expectations upon someone based on what we think their gender is. Listen, this is what is this is what is wild about the current state of uh, dating, romance, is, um, <clears throat> actually, let me go backwards. Let me, let me broaden the story. So I'm not gonna mention any names, but a very popular, um, <laughs> Let me see if I can jump through all these uh, hoops of confidentiality. Uh, a very popular set of books uh, approached me, and uh, everyone would be very familiar with the uh, grand heading of these uh, genre of books. And they have a specific one centered around dating, and they said, hey, Dr. Chris, we'd love for you to update it, do the new version. I think it's been about... Um, I can't remember now, the last one was less than 10 years old, but you know, again, we're not always up to date on everything. And I was looking through the book and I thought, oh my God, this is, this is not an update. This is a complete rewrite. Everything was truly, truly written in a perspective of toxic masculinity, just really, 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 really offensively and uh, very sexist. All men do this, all women do that. The book literally only identified everyone as straight and cis. It was just wild. It's like you do realize that, you know, uh, we have a new wave of feminism, which has rolled in, right? And female sexual empowerment. And we're examining toxic masculinity, which is rooted in the idea that men aren't allowed to be emotional or soft or even passive. Dear God in heaven, Imagine letting a man be passive sometimes or passive all the time if they're just not this dominant, assertive top of a person, right? But the book just came at it as though every man is and needs to be assertive and masculine and tough and court women. Um, and women are supposed to be just receptive and passive and non-initiatory and just basically sitting there waiting. It brought me back to that old school book in I think it was the 80s or 90s called The Rules. And those were so offensive and so sexist and just so disempowering to females. God bless, my God. And we talk about things like consent and rape culture. Consent culture is a massive part of rape culture. And it's this idea that there are different genders and we don't understand each other and we need different rules. I mean, it's such a fascinating time. We are dismantling and shredding through all that. We now know that there's no such thing as the male brain or the female brain, that there's as many similarities between male brains and female brains as there are differences between female brains. What female brain are you talking about? They're all different based on genetics, family of origin, trauma, race, all different kinds of life events. Women, all different perspectives. You can't line up five women and get the same answers around what they want for dating. I sit in my office almost 40 hours a week deeply diving into all this. It's different, but yet these books just really talk about males and females as though they're a uh, homogenous, consistent, similar, closed-ended group, and they're not. 
right? We talk about intersectional thinking, intersectionality, which is, you can't just say man or woman. Their sexual orientation changes what we're talking about and their gender and their body shape and size and their race and socioeconomics, right? We've talked about this on the show before where a, you know, <clears throat> uh, gym bodied, uh, attractive, wealthy, cisgendered black female is a completely different female psychology and brain from let's say a white, um, you know, lower socioeconomic, unemployed, um, lesbian woman. Those are two completely different people, cultures, brains, and experiences and psychologies. And they both have different perspectives on dating and what they want in a partner. So we have to stop thinking in these boxes. And so when they came to me about rewriting the, well, they wanted me to update the book. I thought like, I have to rewrite this thing because you're still, you're still targeting and, and keeping people trapped in very traditional sexist notions. And that doesn't serve anyone. In fact, it fails us. We have the highest rate of singledom because people aren't wanting relationships for different reasons. We have the highest rate of divorce and cheating because what we're doing is not working. So let's not just keep doing more of it. Let's actually make it a little more authentic and open and honest. You know, in a lot of the former dating rules, it just wasn't honest. It was about performing you know, be other than what you are. And it's like, that's the worst thing for mental health, <clears throat> completely on mental health center. Mental health would be saying, be yourself and find what matches with that. Because if we, we, if we move forward, sell in a dream with a false presentation, we can only sustain a relationship built on that that requires that or wants that mandates that for so long. That is not a sustainable model. The best model is just be yourself from the door. You know, I write this in my book, Rebel Love, date to be known and not to be liked. We don't go out on dates. We shouldn't go out on a date saying, I need to do whatever I need to do to be liked. The goal is to be liked. The goal is to win this person over. No, the goal is to go as yourself, hope that they show up as themselves and you assess if you are compatible or not. And if not, then the date was a success because it's important to know that. We're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna keep talking about how to flirt. You're listening to Loveline on Channel Q. Uh, and Odyssey. We'll be back, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about how to flirt. And I was just saying in the... Uh, Last segment that people go on a date, you know, saying, what do I think I should wear? You know, what do I think they'd like to see me in? Where should I take them? What restaurant? And it's like, wear what you wear. Wear what you like to wear. Let them see what you wear. Where should you go to eat if you're the one choosing the restaurant? The kind of restaurants you like to eat at so they can see what it's like to eat with you and they can see what kind of food you eat, right? Uh, we're not selling a dream. I'm not saying you can't bougie it up a little bit, but still do it within the confines of who you really are. Don't sell them a lifestyle that you don't live. You know, dating should be bringing them into your real life and you can amp it up a little bit because it's a date and you're trying to be cute, but still within the confines of what it really looks like so that they can get a sense of that. Um, be yourself, find someone who you really match with and a date is successful when you realize that you are or you are not compatible and we can only do that if we're our honest selves. So if someone says to me, friends this all the time, what's a great restaurant to take them out on a date to? I say, the kind of restaurant you go to. And they're like, what should I wear? I'm like, the kinds of things you wear. <laughs> 
<laughs> like don't present as bougie if you're not. And I am not. So I am not single, but when I was, I would go on the kind of dates that were honest for the kinds of things I enjoy doing. I'm also plant-based, so I only go to vegan restaurants. So my first date, if I was planning, it would be at a vegan restaurant and we would go see art because I love seeing art or we would maybe do a walk on the beach at night. Like we do the kinds of things I like to do and I see if this person can fit into my life and if not, it's really important to know. Um, and I'd want them to take me on a date that really demonstrates their life and lifestyle, the kind of things they do and the places they go to see if that's something I'm comfortable with, interested in, or feel drawn to. And if it's completely different from my life, that's a great, that's good. I'm excited about that. Uh, it doesn't need to be what I need or what I want. I actually like people that have different lifestyles as friends, as lovers, as, as romantic partners, because I learn and I grow and I'm challenged. I don't want to date my twin. Right, like I'm, I'm in a relationship right now with someone who's pretty freaking distinct from who I am in almost every way. We have very different lifestyles, but they're beautifully compatible. And we have respect for the differences. And we don't participate in every element of each other's lives because we don't have an interest in every element. There's certain elements where I'm like, go do that with your friends and have a great time. See when you get home and vice versa. And then there's other pieces where I'm thankful to be introduced to new elements in the world and vice versa. Uh, we dress differently, we look very different, our careers are completely different, our interests and friend groups are different, but we find commonality and we step into that and where it's distinct, we participate on our own in those areas, you know? Um, all of that to say, difference is beautiful. It's not about whether you need someone who's similar or different because there's always gonna be similarities and differences. So when someone says, oh, we're so similar, it's like, yeah, but you also have tons of differences. It's about just having respect for those differences and then excitement over those similarities. But more importantly, dating needs to be about being your authentic true self at all times, in all spaces, to see what that feels like and what you guys co-create. So that's always the first entry point we talk about flirting is be yourself. Be yourself. You don't want to hook someone by selling a dream or giving them what you think they need, right? So that's always the first one. Another interesting thing that I thought was really fascinating when I was doing some research for this is this idea that remember that flirting, ready for this, it's not about you, <laughs> right? And I think that that <clears throat> is important and meaningful because it goes in two different directions, both equally important. One, it really centers you on getting to know them and giving them space to step forward, to be seen, to be heard. And that's also how a date usually winds down with the person, the other walking away, feeling like it was fun or good is that they were someone you were interested in. And we show interest by listening, by asking questions, by asking deeper and follow-up questions. So make sure when you're flirting and or on a date, and in general life beyond that, even if you've been married for 25 million years with 50,000 kids, still make sure you are listening to them, hearing them, and following up with certain topics. It's that following up piece. And I, I shared a, a segment last week that I thought was really profound because it really reminded me of a whole lot of different things. So again, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, and you'll see the topics listed with each podcast of my show. And I was talking about, um, we, were, we were talking about this, are you, well, I don't remember how I framed it. It was more eloquent, but it's basically like, are you a good parent? And I was saying like, hey, lovingly challenge yourself to see if you can answer these questions. And I, I, I rattled off some questions and I said, and if not, you might not be present enough or invested enough in your child's life. I want to apply that also to your partner. Well, and again, as always, these love line topics are applicable to everyone. Sorry, my sinuses are a little wonky from the air conditioning. Um, we want to apply that to everyone, though. The questions were things like, do you know your, the names of your child's best friends? Do you know the, their parents? Like, do you actually know these people? Ask that about your partner or your friends. Do you know any of your friends' friends' names? Do you know your partner's friends' names? Do you know what they like to do? Do you follow up and say, hey, I know you're telling me your friend Karen was having a rough week. How did that wind up? That is how someone really feels seen and cared for. We wanna make sure we're doing that on a date. I can tell you personally, I've been on dates where I literally thought like I needed to remind them that there was someone else sitting there, me, because they just talked at me about themselves. And 
<clears throat> well, number one, that doesn't make me feel important. Number two, that doesn't make me feel cared for. Number three, that doesn't make me feel like you're interested in me. And number four, it makes you come off very narcissistic, even if it was just out of anxiety. Make sure you're checking in on the other person. So that's a key part of flirting. Is flirting is not just about you peacocking, which means flaunting your assets and what you think are your best elements, especially because you don't even know what elements I find to be the most important. And sometimes we lead with ones that aren't our best or aren't what another person would be most attracted in attracted by. So like, make sure it's about the other person. So the reason why we say that is again, A, to make that person feel cared for, but also B, so you can assess, is this someone I'm interested in? But if you just occupy the entire space while flirting or on a date or even down the road with you, what you think, what you need, what you want, how, how can you discuss whether or not you guys are a match? You don't know anything about them. And most likely they're not going to circle back. Those are always the dates where I'm like, this will never work. All right, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about how to flirt because we could talk about this endlessly every single day. But this is also just general healthy relational skills. So this is for all of us. So stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and the new Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back and we're talking tonight about how to flirt. But again, we're learning just general good communication and social skills. So we're just talking about the first piece, which is make sure when you're flirting with someone, while you're also on a date and moving deeper into anyone's life, you know, anyone's life you're a part of, that you're asking about them and you're listening. You're not thinking about yourself, right? You're not jumping in. You're not telling a relatable story. You're not sharing about how you also had something similar happen. You're just listening and you're following up. That's so important. Um, Because again, we're also wrapping this up in, it's not about us being liked. We're not going on a date trying to get someone or to be liked. Sometimes a successful date is realizing we were so honest and we were so present that we realized we're not a match. Great to know on the front end. doesn't matter how attracted to them you are. We need, to, we need more. We definitely need more. And the way you find that out is by saying, I'm going to go as my authentic self. And I might say things that might disappoint them or let them down because maybe I know that it would have been important to the person to hear that I did like A, B, and C, but I don't. And it's okay that I don't. And it's okay that I let them know I don't. So we can really see if we can be a part of each other's lives. I'll never forget this. And this is like, some of y'all might roll your eyes saying, really? And it's like, yeah, really, this happened. Um, or some of you might actually be like, well, good on them. So I was on a date. Um, I've been on dates where I was, again, feeling like I needed to remind them that I was there. Like, hi, there's a human being sitting over here. Maybe ask me about myself. And yes, I would still try to assert myself and, and come forward with something, but they then push back. And, you know, you get a call after being like, that was such a great date. I really enjoyed my time with you. Let's hang out again. It's like, no, hard pass. Um, so that was the first example. And then there was another example. And this one was actually even more wild, but it was me stepping into, uh, I'm willing to let down and disappoint this person. Long story short, someone um, hit on me at the gym and we sat outside and we were talking a little bit and they were going on and on about how, uh, I can't remember now exactly, but at least once a month, they like to go to um, some of those nightclub kind of events and things and like to do some party drugs. And um, I don't do that. And they were so into it and having a great time and showing me some photos. And it was just such an important part of their social life. And great, great for them. And I knew that the most disappointing thing I could say when asked about my involvement or interest in that stuff as they're trying to court me and they're lovingly looking at me thinking I'm you know, so charming and handsome, I had to say, yeah, actually, um, I'm sober. And I, I don't do that stuff. But what I do on the weekends that's so fun for me is, and I rattled off what I did knowing that I was probably letting this person down. But that's an important moment. You know, we were really fleshing out very quickly on the front end whether or not we're socially compatible. And it turned out we completely are not. And I don't really find what they do socially anything of interest to me or even safe for myself mentally or physically. And I was kind of, and then it was funny. The final question was, wow. So like if, if I wanted to take you out and I wanted to do that, sometimes it wouldn't be something you'd be down to do. And I said, unfortunately, no, <laughs> cause it wouldn't, you know? And again, I'm not shading that lifestyle. I think that's awesome. Do your thing, you know, but that's just not for me. Right. It's not, that's not my jam for a multitude of reasons beyond that. I don't like loud music crowds. <laughs> I like controlled environments. Uh, but we never then went out because it just, that, that was such a thud. And I'm glad that was good to know. I wouldn't want to have dated for a while, constantly being challenged around that and realizing this just can't get off the ground. Now there were other issues. <laughs> I'm just zeroing in on that one. But again, that's the beauty of 
really showing up fully and honestly, and then being able to assess whether or not something can work. And again, I'm not saying we should anxiously vomit out things that we think might be deal breakers. That's not being very boundary. That's not being very confident. So I want us to have boundaries and some privacy, but it was just something that was kind of in the air. And so it came out and I was like, yeah, no, not for me, but Hey, you know, do you, it was great seeing you see at the gym. Um, okay. So what else do we want to do? Well, Going back to flirting, because that's really the entry point for this topic, and I'm kind of expanding it out because it's it's a far bigger topic, is there's something about all parties really having an approachability. And I know we live in a time where, <clears throat> understandably, it's offensive and sexist to say uh, to um, someone who's a female, cis or trans, uh, smile, you should smile more. But I'm going to say that universally, that <clears throat> if we're single, and we're open to being flirted with or we want to, we have to present in an open way. We can't expect people to jump over hurdles to get our attention to try to court us, right? So if you are single and you are interested in being approached, you have to be approachable for those, again, that are interested in being approached. You have to keep your head up. You have to make eye contact with people. You do have to smile back or at or initiate. That's how we give people permission to approach healthy people. Healthy people are looking for micro expressions of interest, micro expressions of that are invitations. And so if someone smiles at you of any gender, because again, this is non-gendered, I don't care if you're a male, a female or non-binary, um, gender fluid, if you are single and wanting relationship, I put it on you to actively assert and ask people out. I don't, I don't care what your gender presentation is. It's 2021. We're no longer thinking in those terms because that's sexist. It's toxic masculinity. There's some transphobia in that. We're not doing that anymore. So you have to be able to be smiled at. <laughs> so I tell my clients that all my clients that are single and wanting to be approached or wanting to be asked out are walking through the world with their head up, their earphones off. They're making conversation. They're talking back to people. They're smiling back because healthy people look for micro expressions, a healthy gut person. If they see you when they smile or try to catch your attention, break, break it or look down or look away, they move on because we're not chasing people anymore. That's not part of consent culture. And so we have to present and live in a way that is approachable. We got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to glide into those DMs, and then we're going to come back and keep talking about flirting. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back. Now it's time to glide into those DMs, courtesy of Astroglide. Gliding into the DMs. Here we go. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Rachel. I just moved from Seattle to Los Angeles. Wow, Rachel, it's a big difference. I love the Seattle weather, which is kind of funny. Dark, rainy, cloudy, chilly. I love that. I was in Seattle right before pandemic. Uh, everyone was indoors getting warm, and I was sitting outside on the uh, different verandas and outdoor seating areas, happily taking in that beautiful weather. But welcome to LA. It's probably one of the most magical cities in all of the United States. I love it. So I hope it offers you all of its best. But back to your question, it says, I'm having such a hard time fitting in here. It's making me feel so discouraged about the move. I know that my confidence is at an all-time low. What can I do maybe to get my confidence back in a brand new city? Yes, it takes a long time to make new friends. And uh, many people think that the older they get, the harder it is. Got to give it time. Uh, within the first year, we make a few casual you know, acquaintances. And usually, you know, putting your seatbelt for this one, it can take about three years to really deep, dive deep, meet the right people, and establish you know, more sustainable relationships with them. The first year, we're just bumping into people, trying to meet, get out, network. And then through those original friends, we start to kind of maybe find more of the you know, right people for us. Maybe the original people are as well, but the few people you meet in the beginning aren't always your longer lasting friends. I remember a long time ago when I first moved to New York, and then when I first moved to Philadelphia, and I first moved to LA, I had to restart you know, that whole remaking friends and then I, you know, social identity that many times. And I had to hang in there, you know? So my best advice is go out and explore, be out of the house as much as possible. You are not going to make friends or meet anyone by staying home. It will make you feel more depressed and lethargic going out into the world. Even if you're doing things by yourself is how you feel like you are participating in the city and also how you bump into and meet people. But the other key is if you go to spaces and events and places that are aligned with who you are and what you enjoy, you are more prone and more likely to meet people who also like those things. So if you're going to yard sales and swap meets, 
and, and, and flea markets. Well, then you'll meet the kind of people that like to do those things. If you go to bars and clubs, you'll meet those kinds of people. If you're out hiking and going to the beach, you'll meet those people. A place like LA has a lot of different environments. There's an art scene, there's a music scene, there's an outdoor athletic scene, right? There's a party scene, there's a fashion scene, music. So just get out there. Also, I love that a lot of these dating and sex apps now have friend components. I have clients that are using the friend version of apps like Bumble, where you can set on friend and meet some local people. The other thing I tell people to do is go on meetup websites. LA and most other cities and places have meetups, which means they are itemized by topics and themes, and you can meet like-minded people. So there's meetups for people that are interested in reading sci-fi books. There's meetup for people that are single and wanna go hiking. I mean, it's literally that specific. So find a meetup that centers around the kinds of activities or topics or themes you enjoy and go. But uh, you're going to have to step into some anxiety. You're gonna have to be familiar, maybe stepping into doing some of these things on your own. And also dating. Dating's a really great way to also make friends because you might realize, well, we're not romantically or sexually compatible, but we have a lot in common, let's be friends. Uh, participating in hookup culture is also a great way to make friends and to date as well. You have sex with people, you bond that way, you realize you have a lot in common, you exchange numbers, you become friends. So get out, don't stay home. Also go to the kinds of spaces and places that really align with who you are. Go and, and, and connect with some of those meetups. And finally get on there and on the apps and make, you know, meet, make, make friends. Also go on some dates, knowing that you don't know where this is going to lead. None of these things are commitments. It's just about being out and that will enhance your confidence because you'll see yourself making movement. You'll see change coming. You're taking action. You're going to feel empowered and also you're going to get to explore this amazing, beautiful, phenomenal city. And we're moving into the really, you know, positive, warmer weather that really gets even more people outdoors. So just be out as much as possible, you know, and hang in there. It's going to take time. It might take up to three years to really make those really solid, sustainable friendships or sooner, you know, but just connect and get out there. Um, good luck. You're going to really appreciate the city though. Uh, funny enough, when we come back, we're going to be talking more about flirting and how to flirt. So stick around and join us. And if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And of course, Loveline past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, blam, click on it. And there they all are. You can binge, post, share, and re-listen. Um, and also just based on that DM, if you see someone out at a bar or an event or somewhere by themselves, go over and say hello, introduce yourself. You might, you know, really make someone's time in that space or a new city that much more meaningful. All right, y'all, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q, brought to you by Astroglide. We'll be back. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. Right, we're back, and uh, we're talking still about flirting, but again, it's a far larger topic, so we're talking about skills around relationship and communication, but before the break, I was saying, hey, listen, I don't care who you are, I don't care what your gender expression is, if you're someone who wants to be dated and you're single, you have to be approachable and you have to approach, and healthy people look for micro-expressions of interest or micro-expressions that are invitations to come connect. So we're not chasing people anymore. We're following consent and healthy people. If they see someone uncomfortable or looking away, they move on. And so you need to have your earphones off, your head up, be smiling at people, start conversations with people, not because you necessarily are interested in the people around you, but because you're practicing being more sociable and outgoing. I can't tell you how many times in my own life, I'll just keep using personal examples where historically someone who's attractive smiled at me or tried to catch my eye and I anxiously looked away. Well, a healthy person then moves on because I want that honored. Even though in that moment it might've been due to a lack of comfort, there are times when it's due to a lack of interest and I don't wanna have to assert myself again because they didn't pick up on that and they approached and I'm like, listen, I'm not interested. I've had both men and women make me very uncomfortable by not really noticing that I'm turning away and I'm shutting down and I'm not keeping the ball in the air, right? And I try to honor that in others. If I'm hitting on someone and I'm just initially trying to make eye contact or smile and they're not responsive, I move on. That's, that's honoring boundaries. And so we have to be expressive now more than we did before. Before we didn't really have great boundaries and we pushed forward and we pursued people. Now we're not doing that because we're paying more attention to consult, uh, consent culture and boundaries and all of that. So you have to be open, smile, make conversation. Also, you have to step forward and engage. Now there's this tip that I give my clients because I know that we're in a time of a lot of anxiety about putting ourselves out there. People are burnt out on the apps, right? People aren't taking as many risks out in the real world. But I say to my clients, just do one more thing. 
one more baby step in service of moving closer to that goal or one more baby step in terms of making it easier to achieve. And it can be the smallest things. I'm going to give you an example that I might have used before because it's so simple. And this is a true story of something that happened while I was working with an individual, a woman who wanted to date. And she was saying, I don't understand why I'm not dating. One of the things we uncovered was that she makes it nearly impossible. She does not, she doesn't move through the world approachable and she almost creates as many walls around her directly, indirectly, consciously and unconsciously as possible. And I was like, my God, no one's willing to put that effort in anymore, but they shouldn't have to. You have to make it easier. You're, you're, you are making your own goal difficult to achieve. So here's what we talked about. I said, next time you're out and someone seems interested in you or you're interested in someone or anything, take one small step towards making it easier on you and them. I didn't say you have to run across the room and ask them out, which that would be ideal, and we should be doing that. If you see someone smile at you and you're attracted to them and they're attracted to you, yes, we should go right up there and say, hey, what is your name? And we should initiate that process. But a lot of people aren't ready for that. But I would love for them to be because I think I shared on the show that I went through a few months of my life where I made myself be that person and it paid off. Not that everyone was interested or single and available, but everyone was impressed and I did get a lot of dates with people I wanted dates with where it wouldn't have happened had I not gone up and hit on them. And it's non-gendered, it doesn't matter the gender, we're beyond that at this point, right? So anyway, my client comes back and I'm telling you this story, I'm changing some details, I'm respecting anonymity and confidentiality, but here's the basic gist of what I want you to know. She goes to this restaurant, Walks in the door, I think I told you the story once, but it's applicable. The host stands right there. Off to the left is a bar. Off to the right is the seating for the restaurant. Her and her friends traditionally go right off to the right to sit at a table. Now, if that's your big night out, you are expecting, she's hetero, a guy to walk up to a table of friends to hit on you. That's way too much effort. You're making it harder, and that doesn't make you approachable. It also makes it harder for her to approach someone, because yes, I told her, you might have to be approaching and hitting on guys as well. It's 2021, step it up, grow up, let go of the gender stuff. And, I, and she said, you know, but I was hearing you in my head saying, just do one small step, just one small step that doesn't promise it'll give me what I want, but it makes me more comfortable pushing forward into my anxiety. So what she said was, I didn't have to go to the bathroom at all. However, I noticed a guy by the bar and you have to walk by the bar to go to the bathroom. She said, I realized if I went to the bathroom, I'd be walking by him there and then on the way back. And that would at least give me and or him an opportunity for me to be by myself and in proximity and to give it a chance to see what could happen. Guess what happened? On the way by the first time, she smiled. On the way by the second time, he stepped over to her and started talking to her. They exchanged numbers and then they began dating. All it took was one person, her, willing to do one thing, right? pushed her into her anxiety, gave each of them more of an opportunity, and it wound up paying off. Maybe it wouldn't have, but at least she was practicing doing a little bit more, making it a little bit easier, and at some point it would and it does. We have to be willing to step into the solution. A lot of people I work with that are not happy with their relational status, they make it impossible. For instance, I also have a friend, a dear friend who's very dateable, and I was sitting there watching how he was on the dating apps because, you know, I'm me, I'm nosy, and we were, you know, with consent. I was like, let me look in on this. The person was literally, every response was like a period. Nothing had a question mark or a dot, dot, dot. Everything was like a thud. This person wasn't keeping the ball in the air. The person wasn't asking follow-up questions. The person wasn't even responding in answers. This is my friend in a way that gave them something else to work with. And so understandably, the other person was like, this person isn't interested because people are looking for signs of interest. And if it's a lot of work, they're thinking, well, this person isn't. We're gonna take a little break, we'll come back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, we're back. And before the break, I was telling this very long-winded story about taking one more step, one more thing, you know? Uh, when in doubt, if you have the time and energy, follow up. Look, y'all, we got to stop being lazy. To all the single people out there that want love, stop being lazy. We do have the time and energy to send one more text when in doubt. If you have the time off of that weekend, go see them a second time. When in doubt, go figure more out. You know what I mean? And so again, I was telling the story of sitting there with my friend who was on his dating app and I was looking at the conversations he was having and I was like, how much, what are you expecting this person to do? They hit you up. 
God bless them. They then asked you a question about how your weekend was going, what you're up to. You gave like a one word answer with a period on the end of it. What are they supposed to do with that? You seem so uninterested, but I'm looking at you and I know you are. And then they try yet again and you do the same thing. And then you complain about your singledom. And I said, you're keeping yourself single. So you can't complain. I appreciate that there's a lot of things that work that are making you not feel like you can assert yourself, but like you have to be willing to step into your anxiety. We all have to be willing to step into the uncertainty and put ourselves out there. It's a compliment to hit on someone. And I want people to take that compliment, whether interested or not, if it's done appropriately. But bigger than that, we have to be willing to take risks. Everyone wants to play it so safe, but everyone's playing it safe. Everyone's burnt out. Everyone with the smallest infraction on an app is willing to bounce or peace out. And that's what's keeping everyone stuck. You, whoever's listening that is single and interested has to be willing to be the assertive one. We are living in a time where we have what we call the tyranny of too many options. Everyone, unfortunately, is falling back on the idea, ah, Tinder's got hundreds of thousands of people on here, and eh, I don't really need to do much. <clears throat> it's like, no, you have to hang in there. You have to get some traction. You have to put yourself out there. You have to take risks. Okay, so what else do we have to think about with uh, dating? Um, like I said, you have to be assertive, which means you have to be the willing person to take it forward and to push it forward. Everyone's looking for signs of interest, which means if you're just letting the ball drop or you're not following up or you're not taking it to a next step, then that means you're waiting for them to or it's gonna go nowhere. You, whoever's listening, has to be the one that's willing to be the assertive one. So yes, you have to be the one that says, if we're on an app, let's take it off the app. Here's my number. If you're on the, if now you're texting, hey, do you want to FaceTime or go on a date? But everyone's waiting for the other person, so you have to stop doing that. Out in the real world, yes, you might have to be the one that when you see someone smile at you that walks up to them and says, hey, what's your name? Because most people are too confident in staying in their comfort and doing nothing, but then complaining about their relational status, right? I mean, when I was doing the research for this topic, of the like, uh, people are weaving in a lot of really kind of gross, uh, gendered stuff. But the number one thing that everyone kept bringing up, which just really solidifies the idea that this is something people really struggle with, is listening to what the other person has to say. So I want to just circle back to that for a second. That was literally mentioned in any article I was looking at on tips for flirting. So apparently, we're not doing great at listening. We just want to talk and promote ourselves. But then it, what came up that was interesting, and I guess some of this is like looking at who's the author, the, the time period around it was written, is the use of touch. We need to be very, very thoughtful and cautious. I recommend erring on the side of less to no touch than on the side of folding in a lot of touch. Historically, a lot of the research would look at how touch is a very powerful tool, I agree, and that it's a way to show interest, right? But we don't know the other person's experience of being approached, hit on, flirted with, but more importantly, their experience of touch. Not everyone feels safe being touched. Not everyone feels safe being touched by a person they don't know. I would actually recommend not touching. It can feel these days, understandably and reasonably, a little too aggressive or a little too familiar. I would tell everyone to err on the side of not touching. There's no need for that. That's an attempt to get immediate access or to build a comfort level that you haven't quite worked or earned. I think we should honor a little bit of space and boundaries if we're in real time, ask someone their name, say hello, ask them questions, listen to them, and then ask them to exchange information. And if they happily do, great. We'll get back to touch at some point. And if they don't, you thank them for the conversation and you walk away, period, end of story. But notice what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're hearing no the first time we're told no. And so don't play coy because people are working on honoring boundaries. But touch is something we need to be very thoughtful about. So I would actually avoid that. I'm looking at a lot of the articles and they're kind of weaving that in. But I don't think that that's a great idea at all. Now, if we're on the apps, that's very different. Um, and I think it's a lot easier to comfortably show interest on the apps. It's a lower level of risk. My God, you're not even in front of the person. You're not having to go up against a lot of like real-time anxiety. Um, but I think the touch thing is 
something we have to be thoughtful, thoughtful about. And the second piece that I want to add to that is we should also be very thoughtful about the kind of information and the topics we're listening information around. I've had people flirt with me or I flirted with people where they took it in a direction where they're asking some personal things that I wasn't ready to divulge. And it's all about, we're allowed to have boundaries and privacy, right? Like on the first couple of dates, we only bring them into the outer circle where we tell them really generalized things, what we like to do socially, you know, blah, 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 kinds of things we like to watch. And then they slowly earn their way in. But we don't, we don't need to divulge really personal stuff, but I've, I've seen people somehow thinking that they're presenting as more like, I don't know, uh, confident or intimate, but like really trying to push in for, to these really sensitive topics. Be very thoughtful about that because we don't know someone's dating history and we don't know how comfortable they are, how open they are. We don't need to be just disclosing anything to anyone. Um, but we will talk about the behavioral piece. We're going to take a break and we're going to kind of finish up on some of the behavioral stuff. This might be familiar to everyone. It's not familiar to all people. Um, the apps have changed things because it's a little more direct. Like, hey, how are you? You talk a little bit and then you ask for their number and it kind of progresses differently. But real time, we still get to use some of these old school techniques. So we're going to come back and talk about that. And then we'll be gliding into those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q. Brought to you by Odyssey and Astroglide, always hooking us up. So stick around, y'all. We'll be back. All right, we're back, and we're just closing out our uh, segment on flirting. To recap some of the really important takeaways, um, we're doing it authentically, right? We're being our true selves so we can really assess chemistry and compatibility. We're honoring boundaries of other people. We're not pushing, we're not chasing, we're not pursuing. We're also not playing coy. We're not throwing up really tall walls that we expect people to bust through, break down, or climb over. If you're available, present as available. If you're interested, show signs of interest. We gotta make it easier on each other. I don't. I, I counsel my clients, don't pursue or chase someone. If they show a sign of a lack of interest or a no, you honor that and you back off. And so people keep themselves stuck by making it too difficult to be courted. They're non-responsive, whatever it is, they're not following up. Well, that's why. But also we have to be willing to step into our anxiety and hit on people to be assertive, regardless of who we are, what we've been through our gender. That's really where the work is. And so it is a little bit of some trauma in there, but that's the trauma-informed perspective is the trauma of, the, of our relational stuff is gonna show up in future relationships and we can work through it in real time. Um, but we were talking about touch. I advise against it. Be very thoughtful about its use, especially on the front end. I would earn some more emotional and psychological comfort and safety before you even lean into that. Um, but body language, I was telling everyone, be approachable. Don't move through the world with your head down and heads on and headphones on. Smile, make conversation, practice really being able to engage and talk to people wherever you are, at the gym, in line at a store. Like we have to really make ourselves accessible. And we also have to practice accessing people. Just because you're talking to someone in line at a store or wherever within consent, if they're open to that, doesn't mean you're interested romantically. We're just practicing being more open and sociable. So what do you have to do physically? We, we lean in, we follow up, we make eye contact, we smile, right? We try to keep the ball in the air, but we honor any signs of discomfort or disconnection. I've watched far too many people trying to hit on someone at a coffee shop and they get their attention, they say something, the other person then immediately when they're done, goes back to writing, goes back to reading, puts their headphones back on. And then the person, you know, again, keeps trying to interrupt and it's like them breaking contact, going back to what they're doing or putting their headphones back on is them saying, leave me alone. Honor that, move on, move on to someone else. We're not trying to get someone, we're trying to just connect with people and see if there's chemistry, interest and compatibility and if not, we're moving on, you know? Um, but again, like, I'm, I'm looking at a piece of research again right now and it's going back to the art of subtle touch. I just find that really problematic. I don't think you should be doing that. Um, it's talking about padding, stroking, touch. I mean, yeah, my God, I, I would avoid all of that. Um, sorry, I'm looking through this quickly. Yeah, I'll go back to the one thing they say it's, is it's the strong eye contact. I think that's the most important part. Um, but again, remember, we're trying to create a comfortable, safe space and everything matters. Like the minute we initiate everything we say and do and how we present matters. Same thing with the apps. It's not like it only counts once we show up on the date, how you started off the conversation, how you, how present you were, weren't in the, in the beginning, all of that matters because you're showing someone how much intimacy you want or can tolerate your level of interest, your social skills. So like you have to be your best from the door. Because people, again, from the entry point are starting to decide what role they'd want you to play, if any at all, in their life. 
And people's lives have gotten more complex and more busy. People are more stressed out. And so they don't have a lot of wiggle room. And so just be your best. You know what I mean? Um, everyone's a little burnt out and frustrated. So I appreciate where some people are just kind of phoning it in. I saw a study, this hurt my heart, that said some people just swipe right on everyone. And then they, once they match, then they decide whether or not they're interested. What a misuse. And how, I don't know, how somewhat abusive to the other people that you're matching with them, not actually even interested. They're maybe showing up and putting effort into that, trusting that match, and it wasn't even a real thing. Be thoughtful how we use these apps. It's a human being on the receiving end that's impacted by this, right? And a lot of us are trying to heal historical relational wounds. And and and, and these, these kinds of ways of using the apps are just kind of reinforcing some of those wounds. So we definitely want to work on being better around that. But at the end, the final statement on the whole flirting thing is it's going to be about stepping into our anxiety and practicing. And that's why I always say to people, those are the most anxious. Practice by just starting off with small random conversations with someone sitting next to you at the bus stop, someone in maybe in line at a store, just practicing pushing on those boundaries and pushing forward. And if that's something you're already comfortable with, then practice asking people out that you're interested in. Stop playing safe. Uh, we have the highest rate of singledom, and that's because people are tired and burnt out. It's also because of the tyranny of too many options. People go on the apps, and there's so many people on there, they don't think they have to take anything seriously. But I also think it's the way we run our relationships. But the final landing point is I think it's because people just aren't taking risks anymore. I'm working with a lot of people who are referencing people they would have been interested in um, or disappointed that something didn't happen, but they're also telling on themselves by also sharing that they didn't really do much to really express a lot of interest. They didn't really take risks themselves and they really expected the other person to do all the work and the heavy lifting. Um, everyone wants to be courted. It can't just be everyone sitting, waiting to be on the receiving end of courtship. You have to court as well. And then once we get into a relationship, we have to keep doing it. If you're not even able to do it the front end, not going to be so great at doing it on the back end once you're together. And that's what keeps the romance alive and the relationship really happy is the continued use of like courtship patterns and tools and behaviors and habits. Um, all right, we got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be gliding into those DMs courtesy of Astroglide. So you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we're back, and it's time to glide into those DMs. Gliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my brother has severe anxiety and depression. He's had it for years. It was so bad he had to drop out of middle school and was homeschooled through high school. He's now 28. I understand anxiety and depression, but he takes it out on my parents. He's so mean to them. He's unappreciative. He's also selfish. I feel like it's none of my business because my parents, especially my mom, take it, doesn't put him in his place, but I also feel like I need to say something. Do you think it's my place to tell my brother to stop being mad at them or being angry with them when they just try to help? Or is there something I might be missing here and I don't understand? Well, I appreciate you holding space for maybe not understanding the full picture. Having uh, struggling with your mental health is difficult, right? And we wanna have empathy for someone who's struggling. I have to imagine he's doing the best he can everyone's always doing the best they can. It is the rare person that consciously decides, I want to make everyone around me's life difficult. That is the rare person. And if you are aware that you are around that person, cut them out of your life immediately, sets out of boundaries, block them and never see them again because that's someone who's sadistic or sociopathic. Most likely your brother is not that because we're talking about a very small percentage of the population that meets the uh, labels I just threw out there. And those individuals themselves are victims of trauma. It is not just genetics, it's not just social environment. There's a lot that happens that builds someone up that way. But nonetheless, those people often, unfortunately, don't seek help. However, your brother is doing his best and he's trying. But yes, step in, always step in. Everyone always step in. Everyone listening, whenever you see any human being anywhere in the world that's struggling, help them. We are responsible for those around us. We are not meant to mind our own business. If you know your neighbor is an abusive parent, step in. 
If you see someone without a home on your block, feed them. If you have a family member that's struggling with drugs and alcohol, give them a warm place to stay as they struggle. We're not letting people hit rock bottom. We're not kicking people out. We're not ignoring people because they're not our family members. Everything is our business. We need to be more collective and community focused. We are responsible for what's happening around us. That's why we're also grossed out that two of the most wealthy men on the planet took all their money to take 11 minutes to fly into the space, outer space versus actually trying to end people that don't have homes and can't eat, right? We have to reorient that. So step in and say to your brother, we appreciate that you're struggling. We are here to help. However, it is unacceptable for you to speak that way to mom and dad. It is your business. Anything you witness or hear is your business. Anything you see with your eyes is your business. Anything happening to your family or friends or any human being you don't know is your business. We need to step in. We need to get involved. We need to take care of people. We need to help those around us out. So yes, step in. Clearly your parents are struggling. Maybe they're overwhelmed. I can't imagine what it's like to have a child that is struggling that much how that might, must impact their mental health and their lives and their quality of life. Give them a break. Maybe step in and do some caretaking so they can take time away. I don't know the true situation or the full story. So I'll just answer your question directly. Yes, please step in. Always step in. When in doubt, speak up and step in. Help them. Help him. He's doing his best though, and this might be the rest of his life. Some people spend their entire lives buckling and struggling under the weight of their depression and anxiety. Not all mental health struggles are resolvable. A lot of them are about living with, companioning, carrying with us and managing, trying to function while having that behind us, next to us, with us, right? So I don't know that that's gonna get any better. It's very possible it won't. Because we now know that depression and anxiety are not biochemical issues. The American Psychological Association has itself said that. There's poor evidence to speak to that. So this is something else that's going on and it's not always resolvable, right? And so please help them. They need your help, always. We gotta help everyone. Um, great question though. That is our show, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow though. We'll be talking about red flags. Why? Because they're always there and if we listen to them, we don't get trapped in these longer term relationships that are toxic because when people say, this relationship isn't going well. Who is this person? They told you from the beginning who they were. Everything counts and everything matters. So if you know what to look for from the door, you can avoid getting into some of those relationships. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, head over to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for my face and Loveline, click on it, and you check out past episodes. Y'all enjoy the rest of the night. Take care of yourselves. Take care of other people. Focus on some self-care, tons of joy and pleasure, and rest as much as possible. See you tomorrow, y'all. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your night. Gliding into the DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.